Good morning. You're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Mubaraka Ibrahim, and this is Mornings with Mubaraka, where we talk about national issues from a local level through a lens of diversity. I want to welcome you to the show this morning. If you are tuning in, then you're listening to us on your radio dial at 103.5 FM in New Haven County in Connecticut. And if you are online, we you can find us on. So if you have to jump out the car and you don't want to miss not a second of the show, then when you get in your office or your house, if you're dropping the kids off from school, you can actually log on and listen to us live stream at newhavenindependent.org or you can log on to Facebook and you can find us in a couple of places. You can go to the New Haven Independent page on Facebook. And if you haven't liked it, just go ahead and like New Haven Independent page because we stream all of our shows on New Haven Independent page. And you can watch my show, the show before me uh, with Babs. You can watch Elisa's show, a Sipping Tea with Elisa, where they talk about various things about what's going on in community. You, of course, can catch Paul Bass and Mondays with the mayor. So there's a lot of good shows uh, here on WNHH. You can also catch my show exclusively on my Fit Mostly My Fan page as well as on Instagram. Hey, Insta people. <laughs> so I want to say hello, good morning, salamu alaikum to everybody out there on the Ethernet in in Radio Land. Uh, today we are just gabbing it up again. So um, we are talking about fear, fear and failure. So this whole month of December, I am actually facing a fear. And this may be a fear that seems kind of weird for people who know me, but When I so when I was first asked to do a radio show here on WNHH, I was when I was when I got the offer, I was like, okay, yeah, that would be fun. I could learn a lot. I could, uh, you know, talk to people and find out more about their life and their success. And that is actually one of the things that I enjoy the most about having a radio show is really talking to people. But there are a few weeks. So that takes a lot of arrangement. And I lost my intern that was helping me. You know, she graduated and everything that was helping me book guests and and come up with show ideas. And then I had to do it all myself. And so some weeks came where I did not have a guest. And here is a fear that I have. (laughs) My fear is that even though. I do have a gift for gab, even though I literally speak all over the world, but I plan my speeches, I plan my workshops. I've literally done three day uh, presentations where I am the only speaker, but I had this unrealistic fear. Now I know it's unrealistic that I would not talk enough if I did not have a guest. (laughs) And so About once every six weeks, maybe, I was actually replaying a show from previous guests because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't have a guest. What am I going to do? And I would say, okay, I would would email my station manager and say, okay, Harry, we got to do a repeat because I don't have a guest. And so I decided, 
you know what? This is a fear. How can I actually approach this fear and get over it because it's holding me back? And it is actually a fear of not having anything to say and having dead radio. So during the month of December, I decided to face my fear. And my fear is not having a guest and having to talk for the entire 45, 50 minutes of my show. And so you are watching me face my fear. (laughs) And so I decided throughout the entire month of December, I am going to face that fear. So it's just me and you. And we are talking about different topics. You can find all of the previous shows if you go to uh, SoundCloud or iTunes and look up WNHH Radio, all my shows, and look up Morning with Mubaraka. And all my shows are on there. Um, In the month of December, it's just you and me. So the whole month of December, we're talking about a topic. I'm asking you to call in, give me your comment, give me your feedback. And the call-in number here is 203-872-7356 or 203-684-8907. You can call in and you can comment. You can have a question uh, on topic. So today we are talking about fear and failure and facing those fears. Generally, those fears are pretty unrealistic. You know, when we were a kid, there was the we had fears of the boogeyman. We had fears of monsters in the closet. We have fears of darkness. And the thing about all of these fears which go into our adulthood that it is all about the unknown, right? So I I really love that movie. It's a cartoon movie, um, a cartoon movie for kids um, called Monsters, right? And so if you haven't seen it, if you don't have kids, it's a movie about pretty much the real world of monsters in the closet and how getting kids to scream is like currency for them for their to build electricity until long story short. Okay, spoiler alert. By the end of the movie, they discover that getting kids to laugh is actually produces more power than than fear does. And what was interesting to that from that movie, from my perspective, the reason why I enjoyed it and actually appreciated that they made it for kids is I think that getting well, getting to know in quotations (laughs) or having a different idea of what a monster is actually helps prevent fear and basically cures it because hatred, uh, um, all of the things that we are going through in our society comes from a fear of the unknown, right? Most people who are Islamophobic, it's because they literally don't know a Muslim, right? They don't actually personally have the information of what Muslims are like. The same thing with people who, uh, you know, hate immigrants or whatever your hatred is, is really not hatred. It's really fear, fear of the unknown. And when we get to know people or a situation or an experience, when you experience the fear actually just goes away. Right. So when we talk about fear and we talk about the unknown, we're talking about things that gets us stuck. 
So oftentimes when people say they feel stuck, it's not that they are stuck. It is that they have not overcome the fear of what they want to achieve. And that fear doesn't just go with, you know, um, I, one of my fears that I actually uh, took care of was zip lining, right? It's not, I have this sort of little fear of heights. It's not, it's sort of a fear of heights, but it's not a fear of heights. So I have this thing where I don't do roller coasters. And the reason why I don't do roller coasters is because I can either go high or I can go fast, but I can't do both of them together. <laughs> and I know that sounds like crazy, but <laughs> that is the reason why I don't get on roller coasters because it combines both high and fast together. And like I, <laughs> and I, I have, it's, and that and that is one of those things like I, I, there's no purpose to try to get over it. I don't feel like roller coasters are necessary to enhance my life. So I don't need to go on a roller coaster. <laughs> um, so it, and it is I and I recognize it is a fear. And I think that that is the first step. Whatever it is, you have to recognize that it's a fear. So when we think of kind of like. Why someone hasn't, why you haven't asked for that promotion or why you haven't actually started the business that you've been working on in your mind or even sometimes on paper for five years, why you haven't um, left an unhealthy relationship or even committed to a healthy one, right? All of those are fears of the unknown. And if we kind of approach those fears and get to know those fears. So this is a philosophy that uh, that that is known in stoicism. Right. It is actually analyzing the fear, not looking at the success, but looking at the fear. All right. So there is an interesting study that talked about what is it that actually gets people to change their habits, right? So we, we used to tell people, and some people still do, they put a, a, a picture of your, um, you know, what you looked like 10 years ago before you gained the weight. Put it up, put up the, the, the dress that you're trying to fit in. Um, and that can motivate people. But what motivates people more then what they can achieve is actually looking at what will happen if they don't achieve it, right? So really looking at your life in five years, think about what would happen if you don't lose the weight, right? So if you need to lose 50, 100 pounds, if you are pre-diabetic or uh, hypertensive, like if you continue to go on the path that you're on, what happens if you don't lose the weight? If you are in a job that you hate, what will happen in 10 years? How will it affect your mental health? How would it affect your family? How will it affect your finances? If you are in that job in 10 years from now or five years from now, Wherever you can project, right? Some people literally are like, I can't imagine where I'll be in 10 years. So maybe it's where you'll be in three years, right? If you are in a relationship that you're not happy about, 
imagine what will happen in your life if you are still there in five years, right? How will it affect you mentally? How will it affect you emotionally? How, how is it going to affect your relationship with other people in your life, right? If you don't change the situation that you're in, that is actually a greater motivator than actually think, than thinking about, oh, you know, I can fit inside of this dress or, oh, yeah, you know, maybe I can make more money, right? So, and, and, and the make, Starting your own business is always, obviously, you know, I'm like a serial entrepreneur, so I'm always fascinated about by people who, when I talk to people and do a strategy session and they tell me that they have been, they've had this plan for five or 10 years, right? Some people are like, you know, I've been thinking about this for 10 years, but they haven't taken action, right? Or people who say, um, I know that I've been overweight for five years, right? But they haven't taken action. There's fear holding you back, right? Changing your lifestyle or changing to the lifestyle that you need to be healthier. There's a fear of how is that going to affect, you know, my relationship with my kids, right? They expect me to make unhealthy meals or they expect me to cook extravagantly and to go out to dinner every week. How is it going to affect them if I change the way that I eat? How is it going to affect my relationship? You know, because right now our relationship is based on uh, a lot of sedentary. We go to the movies, we watch TV, right? I know that my partner is not going to want to go hiking or biking or how is that going to, and, and people have that real, real fear. And sometimes those fears get as deep as, uh, I don't want to lose a lot of, when people have been, um, women in particularly, in particularly have been sexually abused, weight becomes a, a, a barrier from the fear of it happening again. Like, they literally, and I've dealt with clients like this, they literally hold on to the weight because they feel that if they are more attractive, then it's going to attract that to happen to them again. They want to be unattractive to people, even though that doesn't necessarily, you know, prevent you from being sexually assaulted or abused. Weight is not a, a factor in that. Um, but it, is, uh, it, it becomes a mental barrier for them. Because letting go of the weight is then putting them in a situation where they feel that they are loved, where they feel that they are attractive, and they and that can bring back memories of 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 trauma. So actually facing that fear, and that's what you got therapy for. I'm not a therapist, just to make the record clear. <laughs> if you want to give me a call and talk to me a little bit about uh. Um, what fear have you gotten over or what fear do you need to get over and how do you approach fear? The number here to call in is 203-872-7356 or 203-684-8907. And you are listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. This is Mubaraka Ibrahim and you are listening to Mornings with Mubaraka. And you are listening to me gabbing about fear and failure, right? 
So when I look at the things that I do, and I'm asked, I've been asked this more than once, right? I, I go into these ventures, which to other people, they're like, oh, that is so brave, <laughs> right? And I'm like, okay. I literally think like, as long as death is not the alternative or, or the result of it, then like, why not? So literally I analyze what is it that I want to do? What is the worst thing that can happen? Right? So you look at like, what is it that I want to do? And I do encourage you to literally write this down physically. I said literally a lot today, didn't I? Okay. I'm going to try to use a different word. (laughs) So you write it down, like what you want to do. And then think about the worst case scenario. Like if I did this, this is the worst thing that could happen. And then think about what is the best outcome that can happen from that. And lastly, think about what will happen if you did not do it. What would your life look like? Right. And if that worst thing that could happen is not like I will actually die. See, that's one of the reasons why I don't jump out of planes. Like, you know how people are like, oh, on your bucket list, you have to jump out of a plane. No, I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. God ain't give me wings for a reason. I'm good. (laughs) I'll trust to be in the airplane and I'll give you some moral support. Yay, thumbs up. Go. (laughs) But I'm not jumping out of a plane. Because when I do my little analysis, like on that list of worst things that can happen is death. And (laughs) I'll just wait. I'll wait for that one. I'll wait till I'm called. I don't need to rush it. (laughs) So when you think about the worst, if it's not death, then go for it. So you have to think kind of like, what's the worst thing that can happen? And if the worst thing that can happen is, you know, I may be out a few hundred dollars or I may be have wasted um, uh, a lot of time. Right. Can you mitigate that or resolve that? If you can mitigate it or resolve it, then why not go for it? I think that the why not question is the biggest question that people can ask themselves to get over their fear of action. Why not? If you would like to give me a call, the number here is 203-872-7356 or 203-684-8907. And let's talk about fear and the fear of failure. A lot of elite athletes and high performers, they always talk about um, how many times they have failed before they succeeded, right? Everything seems like for us now, especially in the age of the internet and the age of social media, everything seems to be um, overnight success, right? <laughs> and it's really interesting because when I look at really successful people and hear them share their story, if you really listen to their story, it is not a, you know, I popped up one day and I was super famous or I popped up one day and, you know, I created this multi-million or billion dollar business. It's actually a process of a lot of failures, right? Um, I can't remember who it was, but some, it was a, um, 
um, an inventor. I can't remember who it was. I have to Google it. And he said that he did not fail 999 times before he was successful. He found out there was 999 ways that didn't work (laughs) before he found the one that worked. And that is a great way of looking at when you do something and it doesn't quite come out because we're all going to fail. Right. So one of the things in business, when I started researching, like, how do I find good people that will to add to my team? Right. And one of the recommendations that I read was in the interview process, ask them, what is the thing that they have failed at? If they can't tell you that they failed at something, then they're not a good team member because you learn when you fail. You learn what doesn't work. You learn how not to do something. You always learn from the challenges. This is something that I struggle with on a daily basis and I'm constantly uh, uh, reevaluating and trying and being in a mental state of saying, what did I learn from this experience? I have a great 17 year old son, love him to death. And um, he is the only 17 year old that I've met. And I'm sure there's other 17 year olds. And this is just probably my mom speak my me as a mom speaking. Um, He's 17 and he works on (laughs) self-development. So he's like, he's like really intuitive. And uh, he is not the only child, but the most consistent that comes home and say, so mommy, how was your day? And he doesn't ask it just kind of like as a, you know, a polite thing. He stands there and he listens. He's intuitive enough where he will say things like, so how was your day? You look like you had a hard day or you look like you're happy today. Like he actually pays attention. So it's actually a genuine question, right? You know, there's people that be like, okay, yeah, how was your day? Well, let me tell you. And then they immediately go into their day and you know, I got a couple like that too. (laughs) And so, you know, that it was just a question of politeness. How was your day to lead into you hearing about their day? (laughs) But he like genuinely asked me that. And so I am, we, and I do the same to him and uh, we have a, 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 this relation, this communication where we constantly catch ourselves. So the other day I had a really challenging day, like a really challenging day. And he's like, you look like your day did not go very well. <laughs> How was your day today, mommy? And I was like, oh my gosh, it was not good. And then I stopped myself and I said, my day was really challenging. And he's like, so what did you learn today? (laughs) And so we have this communication where I'm like, okay, so I learned that there are several things that you should not do in this type of business. I learned that you have to pay attention to this, this, and this in this type of business, right? So um, it made me reflect and it is, and it's actually a, and I realized that it is a, um, it is a, a, a communication that we have often because sometimes he comes in and he's like, oh, my God, today was like this or today was like that. And so and I and I remind him as well, like, what is it today that you learn? Like if, if he had a hard time on a test and he didn't do well, well, 
What did you learn about the test? What did you learn about how that teacher tests or how, you know, um, how much you need to study or so we're constantly giving this back and forth of challenging each other to look at what we learn through our daily experience. And it doesn't have to be something really big, right? So we hear these kind of like, anytime there's like a, a motivate, I feel, at least I feel that way. There's like these motivational speakers and it's just like some, they had some big traumatic thing that happened in their life that changed, right? That changed their perspective. But I don't think that most people experience that. I don't think that, and that's just me, that most of us, you know, have a big trauma like we've, you know, survived a, a horrific car accident or survived cancer or and then there's people that did, you know. But I think for most of us, we go through phases in our life and there are little things that just redirect certain parts of our life and our personality and our outlook. And there, there's these little markers along the way that change who we are. And paying attention to those markers and into those lessons really changes your perspective of life, right? And your perspective of what you need to do in order to face your fears, in order to fail and get up. So not, su not succeeding is not about failing, not succeeding is about failing and then giving up. When you don't give up, then you have not failed, right? When you learn something from that experience, then you have not failed. When you, when you understand that your fear is just something that is in your imagination, right? So one of the one of the things that we have as human beings that separates us from um, many other creatures is we have this ability to project ourselves into the future, right? So we can imagine or create an imagination of what our life will be like in five years, what our life will be like in 10 years, right? Most other creatures can't do that, that we know of, right? Maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a whale somewhere like imagining himself in when he's 102. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever know that. However, <laughs> however, <laughs> as far as we know and we can tell, we are the only creatures that can project ourselves into the future. And because we can do that, we can actually change and plan, right? So the way that you project yourself, the way that you see yourself is going to be how you set your direction, right? There's a saying that says, he who says he can and he who says he can't is probably right. So if you say you can do something, then you're right. And if you say you can't do something, you're right. Because it, your ability to do it is based on what we call self-efficacy, right? Your belief that you can achieve it. I, I always find this really interesting when people come to me and they work for a company, but they want to start their own, but they're afraid to leave. 
And I, I said to one client and I said to her, I said, so you believe in your boss more than you believe in yourself. And of course she was like, no, she's like, oh, you know, my boss is a butthole, blah, 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 blah. I was like, but you still believe in him. And the reason why I explained to her that she did believe in him is because she believed that and felt more secure in getting a paycheck that was based on him living his dream, him building his business than she did on herself living her dream and building her business because she was too afraid to step out of the comfort of that belief. If you're getting a paycheck from somebody and you're secure in that paycheck, you believe in that person that runs that business, runs that organization, right? That they are going to do that efficiently and effectively and uh, with enough financial benefit that you're going to get your paycheck every week. So why don't you have that type of belief in yourself and your own ability? That's the question that we have to ask each other. So Yousef on Facebook says, I think most of us don't embrace or accept the reality that mistakes or failure will happen no matter what. The challenge is how to overcome failure, failure and learn from it. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. We have a caller. Good morning, caller. Thank you for coming in. What's your name and where are you calling from? Aisha Madhune, I'm calling from Richmond, Virginia. Well, thank you for calling in. What's your comment about fear of failure today? Well, actually, I've just tuned in, so I really don't have any comment. Mm -hmm. I'm not able to, you know, benefit from the um, lecture or um, talk. So tell me, so, I mean, how do you overcome fear? What in your life have you been afraid to do, but you stepped out on it? Rather, you actually succeeded or not succeeded? Um, what have I been afraid to do? Um, I think speak, speak truly about certain issues with with, uh, close, uh, friends or loved ones, just, you know, in, in not, not necessarily in fear, but, but more maybe optimism, not knowing the result of, you know, or their reaction or, you know, um, what impact it may have on them. And how did, and have you, have you done, have you begun to do that to overcome that fear and to step out on speaking your truth? Yes, I've done that um, on several occasions with a very, very close friend of mine. And the outcome was not really good. Um, we actually um, uh, went our separate ways. Okay. And it was probably for about six months. Okay. Um, you know, um, and we have been friends for so many years, probably more than 20 years. Um, and um, alhamdulillah, we came back uh, together uh, some I think some something we had an event that we may have bumped into each other at, and um, yeah, I think oh. it was that issue was never really still uh, uh, um, revisited. But you know, we would just apologize to each other, and that was it. You know, so uh, that it, but it took over six months to do so. Um, but so now I think moving forward. I just, you know, trying to see how, you know, uh, to address certain sensitive issues mm -hmm. 
you know, uh, with loved ones or, you know, uh, our friends. So, so, so you learned, um, you yeah, learned, so, you learned something about your communication style throughout this and how you can adjust that to get your point across, still speak your truth, but, uh, I, I, I really didn't because I felt that I tried to go throughout the way to try to communicate in the best manner so that the point will get, a, you know, my thoughts would get across as well as I was using, you know, the right mannerisms or the right, uh, you know, temperament, whatever. I tried to make sure that it was. So what did you learn from it, though? What did you learn from it? (laughs) I learned that a lot of times you just have to say something in in the way of advice Mm -hmm. and leave it. Not to dwell on the actual issue at hand, though it is a true issue and a person will know that it's true, but they themselves are not ready to face that for change. So it's best for me to, if I'm trying to give any advice or I may see something that may, you know, that I see may help benefit the person that I'm just giving it briefly. Okay. I don't, you know, have a a in-depth conversation about it. Though I may feel that way, that I should just, you know, speak on it briefly, and and in a, you know, and sum it up into words that they could possibly just still find an impact from it, but not dwell on it. Cause well, that's so. Th- so you did learn on it. So you mm-hmm. did learn something from it. So and yes, that is I actually did. the that is actually the way that we approach those fears. Thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate your comment. I um for people who are online and, and hear us our conversation it was she had a a fear of speaking up to a friend and she finally did it and it actually gave them a 6 months hiatus in their relation their friendship um but she talked about you know how she learned that sometimes you just it's not even what you say it is how much you say and you sometimes you have to speak on stuff and move on and sometimes you have to give details so um it the injury but the most important thing is that when things like that happen is that we learn something from that and so it may strain the relationship but it may benefit your communication style with other relationships right and then it the friendship can come back sometimes stronger sometimes. And, you know, it don't always work out that way. And the friendship ends, but if it does, there's a lesson in that too. Right. So even when we feel like we did everything correctly, even when we feel like, okay, this was my best effort and it does not turn out well for us and we still fail, we still don't succeed. Even in those situations, we can learn something. Even in those, even in those situations, we can, we can learn some. Good morning, caller. Who am I speaking to? Okay. <laughs> um, even in those situations, uh, we lost our caller. <laughs> even in those situations, uh, we can always find something that we learn from. Because sometimes speaking our own truth is the only way that we can be in this world as our authentic self. And that is really important. That's a lesson that I try to teach myself. I try to teach my children. Um, 
we have uh, we have another caller. Good morning, caller. Actually, I just called in. Okay, <laughs> good and welcome back. <laughs> yes, thank you. Just kept getting disconnected, but yes, yeah, thank you. Did you have another comment? <laughs> no, I'm actually listening now. Okay, to awesome. your response from my first. Uh, well, thank you for calling and continue to listen on uh, on the radio as well as um, you can go to WNHH.org and click right on the upper left hand side um, and you can listen to us there online. Um, okay, I will do that. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you. so the so speaking our truth is an important part of living authentically in this world. You know, I had, I recently um, was speaking to my daughter who she went to a very strict charter school and she posted something online where she talked about that she did, she had a negative experience in that school. And, you know, it, she felt like it was, that it really did not help with her self-esteem. It didn't help with her. Um, she felt like that it was too much pressure, right? And it was it, they almost like they pitted the students against each other. And all of this is her perspective of the school. And so after she created this Facebook post, one of her previous teachers, he, um, he sent her, she called me because he sent her an email, a message and said that, Oh, her post hurt his feelings and he feels very um, and he's feels sad that she feels that way about the school and about him. And she was like, should I apologize to him? And my response was, no, you don't apologize for speaking your truth. His perspective and your perspective is very different. And because your perspective doesn't coincide with he, what, what he likes to feel about his school or his job or the job that he's doing, it doesn't make your perspective wrong, right? You don't apologize for speaking your truth, right? Of course, you do take in consideration that it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So I'm not just saying like, you know, when you get sick of somebody, go curse them out. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying... Speak your truth and then stand by it. Make sure that what you speak, you can stand by, of course. <laughs> um, but don't apologize for that. Speaking our truth is actually, I think, one of the most common fears. We have a problem in America now because it was brushed under the rug for so long people did not speak their truth. They were offended. They disagreed and we did not speak up. And it's hard speaking up. It's hard. It's hard rocking the boat, as my mother would say. But you can't get past it. You can't find your solace if you are constantly holding back Right. You're constantly uh, trying to damper down what your own personal truth is because of other people, because you feel that someone's going to judge you or because you are fearful of, um, you know, what people might say or, uh, you know, how is that going to affect my relationship? 
if you have to pretend to be somebody else in any relationship with a friend, with your spouse, with your children, with if you have to pretend to be somebody else, then you don't have a relationship with that person. You don't have a you don't you don't have an authentic relationship with that person. You have to be able to be yourself. And I am a huge proponent of being unapolog- unapologetic about who you are, right? To live as they say, or as I say, your unapologetic shine, because we all have something that we can give to the world. And the only thing that's holding us back is our own fear, our fear of what will happen if we step out and become the person that we know we are meant to be. Like some people have to find their purpose, but I believe that there are a huge portion of us that we know what our purpose is and we fear living it, right? Some of us has actually found our purpose. We know what that purpose, we know what that passion is, but we fear stepping out to live it. I'm going to leave you today with a quote from Marianne um, Williamson. And it is one of my favorite quotes. Um, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened by shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. You are meant to shine, as children do. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us. It is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. We are liberated from our own fear. Our presence automatically liberates others. Marianne Williamson. So I invite you over the next week to live your unapologetic shine. And be a voice and not an echo. Have a great day and thank you for listening. You've been listening to Mornings with Mubaraka. Mm-hmm.